Ah! Good morning, everybody. It's the Plank Show. Josh Helmer alongside Connor Pasby. It's a football Friday, baby. And it's a stress-free football Friday, right? We'll be missing Sooner football this weekend, but probably the bye week for Oklahoma comes at a good time. Reset, rework some things. You clearly feel so much better going into the bye week having picked up the victory over Kansas, scoring the 52 points the way that you did, and actually defensively doing some positive things, right? I thought uh, Oklahoma, as great as they were offensively versus Kansas, and look, you're really, really good when you roll up 700-plus yards and when Dylan Gabriel and company, they do the things that they did versus the Jayhawks. As good as they were, actually, uh, and this is not totally to take Oklahoma's defense off the hook. I don't think you can do that. But those couple of turnovers, the three turnovers, the two in which Kansas scored specifically, put Oklahoma's defense in a bad spot in that game. So you did come away with, what, the four consecutive stops in the first half of that game versus Kansas, and I think seven total stops in the game. So incremental, right? Incremental progress. That's just what everybody's looking for defensively with Oklahoma. So the bye week comes at a nice little time for OU. The fact that you enter the bye week with your first Big 12 win and you don't just have to go into the bye week having lost four straight and it's all gloom and doom. Now all of a sudden there's a little bit of a ray of sunshine, right, for the remainder of this season. All of a sudden, based on what happened last Thursday night in part in Morgantown with Baylor losing the way that they did to West Virginia, I do I do still think that Oklahoma, if you're talking about finishing this year strongly, absolutely at some point they're going to simply have to get a little bit better defensively. But ray of sunshine, right? We're positive on a football Friday. What Oklahoma did offensively versus Kansas, now as you get into this bye week and you reset and you rework some things, you can you can look at the Iowa State game coming up uh, obviously next weekend and say, okay, absolutely a winnable game for Oklahoma. You can turn around and say, hey, that Baylor home game, not, not nearly – as daunting as it once looked. West Virginia, Texas Tech on the road, I think both winnable games for Oklahoma. Even if the defense even if the defense stays the way it is right now, all of those games are winnable for Oklahoma. Bedlam at home, toss the records out, right? Rivalry game, a series that Oklahoma has historically dominated. If you ask me right now, clean bill of health. If Spitzer Sanders is anywhere close to to healthy then I'm picking Oklahoma State in that game, but I'm also not totally ruling it out that Oklahoma can win a shootout at home versus Oklahoma State. So the the sun's a little brighter on a Friday. There is a level of hope for Oklahoma, and really it kind of boils down again to this. In order to win four of these last five, right, and make something something positive out of this season, I mean, obviously, if you win out, then 
fantastic. That's great. Then you got a chance to go to the bowl game and maybe end up with a, a double-figure win season, which during this uh, three-game losing streak not too awfully long ago, it didn't seem like that was in any way, shape, or form going to be possible for Oklahoma. And I'm not saying the Sooners get to that point, but if they can win the winnable games, which right now, if uh, you kind of eliminate Oklahoma State, which I, I would describe, again, Oklahoma State as winnable, but on paper, the games that you feel really pretty good about for OU, obviously Iowa State, uh, the three road trips, I think you feel pretty good about for OU. Iowa State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, all of those games, Oklahoma can probably should win those games can we say that right now with the way that Oklahoma offensively played versus Kansas take care of Baylor at home winnable game all of a sudden eight and four not all too bad and you go win a bowl game and suddenly there's a little bit of momentum for Oklahoma now probably in order to do that you can't necessarily count on four out of the five winning in shootout fashion though I would Remind Oklahoma fans, really, for the better part of this past decade, more or less, a lot of times that's been what Oklahoma's done. Yeah, we're used to games like that, getting in the shootout uh, 40 to 50 points. But obviously you feel a lot better with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback like we saw against Kansas. I know the defense still didn't look great. But, hey, you take a win like that going into bye week any way possible. I guess a Kansas offense that's been really good so far, Josh. That Bean kid stepped in. He made some good throws. It was well defended by OU at times, but still some very difficult throws. That's a that's a really good Jayhawks offense. We'll spend some extended time on obviously the the Big Twelve slate that is this week. You guys know the the two big games in the conference slate: Kansas State going down to TCU, and uh, obviously Texas going to Oklahoma State. But kind of sneaky level of importance Baylor playing host to Kansas for Kansas again another opportunity for them to go ahead and just lock it up throw away the key hey we're bowl eligible right go in at Baylor this weekend if uh, the Bears lose that game man we're talking about this thing could really really come off the tracks for Baylor yeah it completely fell off it started with the game against BYU early in the year but Man, it just hasn't looked good since for Baylor. And that's a big opportunity for Kansas. I mean, bowl eligible. When's the last time we've talked about that for Kansas? We'll see if it's still the bean kid at quarterback for Kansas or if the starter, uh, Daniels, is healthy and ready to go in Waco. This does feel like the weekend where we get a pretty good indication of who the serious players are for the Big 12 championship, whether that's Kansas State going down to TCU and doing Kansas State-like things, and somehow they walk out of Fort Worth. A couple of timely turnovers that they force. Adrian Martinez, you know, runs wild along with Deuce Vaughn. And again, to me, they, they timely turnover or two, right, that they force from Max Duggan, pot the football loose from Quentin Johnson, whatever it looks like, right? Kendra Miller, a couple of turnovers somehow – at the end of that game, we come away and we say, I don't, I don't, not completely convinced how or why Kansas State won that game, but Kansas State won that game. They're walking out of Fort Worth. Texas, Oklahoma State, whatever happens there. Again, I've said sort of all week on Spencer Sanders. To me, last week versus TCU, 
whatever shoulder injury he's dealing with, if in fact it is a shoulder injury like Mike Gundy kind of sort of alluded to, whether or not it's a throwing shoulder or a non-throwing shoulder, I didn't see a bunch of physical limitations with him versus TCU. So. Well, the accuracy just wasn't there in the second half. I thought he was spot on in the first half, but he let some passes sail there in the second half, and that's what gave OSU problems is offensively. They just got stagnant and just could not move the ball. That's what led to TCU coming back and winning that game in Fort Worth. And we've got plenty of time to dissect all of that thoroughly. We've got plenty of time for that. And maybe the second half, like you're talking about there with Oklahoma State, I mean, maybe that's the the injury for Spitzer Sanders flaring up, and that's why the odds makers are feeling the way they do about that Oklahoma State-Texas game, which I still think is a curious line. Yeah, and you got everybody picking Oklahoma State, which we all know what that means, Josh. It's going to go the other way with Texas way. <laughs> Happens every time. Well, we, we certainly are going to find out. I, I – Tend to, I tend to think Oklahoma State at home is going to win. But uh, I do feel like I'm in the minority in, in that regard. It seems like a lot of people feel like Texas is going to win the game. And clearly the odds makers feel that way. But cycling back to Oklahoma, what, what are the most important things that the Sooners can get out of this bye week? Any idle week, right? You, you're trying to get healthy, of course. So... The Billy Bowmans of the world, if you get him to where he's back ready to go versus Iowa State would be huge for this football team. If you're talking defensive MVP, I think Billy Bowman's got a strong case to be made for Oklahoma in that regard so far. Other names, I I don't even know necessarily which direction you would go defensively for most valuable players so far outside of Billy Bowman. Reggie Grimes early, two weeks into the season. I would have told you that, you know, either – Ethan Downs or Reggie Grimes, maybe we'd be having that conversation about those two. But it just hasn't transpired that way for anybody up front for Oklahoma since. So probably you you do go that direction with Billy Bowman defensively. So got to get him back right. Got to get him healthy. Yeah, that's that's the big one, getting Billy Bowman back in the secondary. Because there's been some holes in the secondary, especially in the passing game. We saw Kansas really light it up last week. So, yeah, get Billy Bowman healthy. Just figure out your defensive problems. You got some time. You got a week to figure it all figure it all out and get ready for Iowa State, a trip to Ames, an Iowa State team that should have beat Texas last week. Josh, they had an opportunity. The Hutchinson kid at receiver dropped what would have been a touchdown to go up with two minutes left in the game. So they should, they should have won that How game. How does he drop it? I know. How? And he's been sensational all year, too. That's an All-American receiver right there for Iowa State. Yeah, one hundred plus uh, yards. What did he finish with? Like a buck fifty or something? I think he did. Yeah. But man, he's, the got, one... he's got over. Yeah, I know he's got over eight hundred yards receiving this year. But man, he got to catch that. The the one that got away, right? <laughs> the one, <laughs> the that, got one away. that got away that cost them that football game, and then has them in terms of my tiers very clearly tier number five in the Big Twelve, the only winless team in the Big 12. I'm with you. The The number one thing, obviously, that Oklahoma needs to have gotten out of this week, and really the beginning of next week, right, is any kind of a fix defensively. And that's part of what I wanted to spend this morning on, actually, is trying to, trying to figure out 
how can this Oklahoma defense get better, right? Taking a little bit of a deeper dive at some of the midseason defensive numbers for Oklahoma. Where does Oklahoma rank in terms of the rushing, passing yardage uh, marks defensively? Total defense, as you can probably guess, it will not be in the neighborhood that you or I or anybody Covering this team was hoping that it would be for Oklahoma. Red zone defense, third down defense, just a just a full deep dive. Where is Oklahoma statistically at defensively, and what does that tell us about the Sooners? And are there, in looking at these statistical numbers, is there a fix, right? Is, is it as simple as, hey, better on first and second down, get off the field on third down, tighten up in the red zone? What are some fixable fixes for Oklahoma, right? Because the personnel at this point, you can play a couple of younger players, but by and large, Oklahoma probably is, for the most part, what Oklahoma is defensively. So you're playing now with the hand that you've been dealt, and what can you get accomplished to play better defensively, to get better results? Let's dive into some of that next. Obviously, want to hear from you all all morning long on a football Friday. It's the Plank Show. We are just now underway. We've got the NFL from last night. We can talk about big blockbuster trade. Christian McCaffrey heading uh, dealt away from the Panthers to the 49ers. Big pickup for San Francisco. The uh, Panthers got a nice little haul of picks back. Uh, obviously, uh, I- I'm typically always in the camp of Give me Christian McCaffrey. I'll I'll give you the second, third, and fourth round pick and feel A-OK about doing that if you give me the, the proven star, which San Francisco went out and got that done. The Cardinals, they're on the winning track NFL side, and uh, we won't spend, I'm sure, a ton of time talking about it, but oh no, big trouble for the Yankees down 2-0 to, to the Houston it. Astros. Yeah, <laughs> you just hate to see it. So if you want to... Hit us up and talk about any of those types of topics beyond Oklahoma football. You're, you're certainly more than welcome to do that. Riverwind Casino jackpot line. It's all yours. The call in line 405-329-9000 or the, the, the quick and easy way, right? The Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Josh and Connor, we're talking plenty of OU football, though, of course, all morning long on this football Friday. The numbers, what do some of those look like for Oklahoma defensively? Let's dice it up next right here. It's the Plank Show on the ref. Back with you. It's the Plank Show. Happy Friday, everybody. woo We made it. No Sooner football this weekend, but we still got a tasty, tasty slate across uh, college football and the National Football League. I can't wait to see how these two Big 12 games play out. I'm so jacked, man. Yeah, it's per- perfect setup. Texas, OSU. It's it's a great bye week for OU from just a viewership standpoint. Just sit back and relax and just watch some football. A little hate viewing for Oklahoma State. Yeah, who do, you, yeah who, do you, who do you root for? Texas you root for nobody. Nobody. You root for we got, nobody. We got a text that says root for a tie. We'll see if they... A tie <laughs> so nobody wins. Regrettably, they will decide a winner. No ties. No ties in college football anymore. But uh, I'd be down for that. I mean, if that was a possibility, sure, yeah. Someone from the 972 said OSU has the worst passing defense in the Big 12. That's why the spread is what it is. I did not know they have the worst. I haven't looked it up yet. But I guess that game against Texas Tech, the Red Raiders threw for a lot. And then going back to last week against TCU, I thought TCU 
ran the ball for more than they threw, but they do. They do have the worst passing Man. defense in the Big Twelve. <laughs> I did not know that. One hundred twenty sixth nationally Oof. for Oklahoma State. They are surrendering three hundred one passing yards per game, seven point zero three yards per attempt. And this is probably the more important number, 11.73 yards per completion, which Kansas right there in that neighborhood too. Yeah. Kansas is really bad pass defense too. They're literally right there neck and neck. Kansas is 125th nationally. Oklahoma State's 126th. Kansas gives up 293.7 passing yards per game. Look at this. <laughs> Oklahoma State's in great company. Maybe this bodes well for the Sooners to beat Oklahoma State. You know who else is right in this wheelhouse? Who's that? The Nebraska Cornhuskers. There it is. <laughs> 121st nationally in pass defense. 281.3 yards per game surrendered. Passing yards allowed. So, I don't know. Maybe that's the, the secret sauce for Oklahoma. If you're terrible – Defending the pass, that's a, a good recipe for Dylan Gabriel and for Oklahoma. So maybe maybe we're looking ahead to a shootout in Norman between OU and OSU. Man, I think you might be looking ahead to a shootout versus every, every everybody. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Except for maybe this upcoming game versus Iowa State, just because I think they've got some serious – That offense stinks. Yeah, I, they've got But some, we all know Iowa State hey, may put some points up against OU. I'll take you back several weeks to some – some comments that I and many others may or may not have made ahead of the Kansas State game about what that offense looked like with uh, Adrian Martinez. So I retract any comments that I have said this morning on Iowa State's offense or lack thereof. Let's go to the phone lines. We, we Again, I do want to do the deep dive defensively this morning. But uh, we got True Sooner who hit us up. And listen, you got you guys call us up today. We're going to get you in. Riverwind Casino call in line 405-329-9000. True, what's up, man? Oh, you know, just enjoying the weather, man. How could you not? Gosh, it's great. Perfect. Hey, would you happen to uh, – well, first of all, I never root for either one of these two teams in this game either. But I think this year you've got to go with OSU. To hope. What, I think it was what makes you say that? Well, well, I just think that since – since, uh, you know, some of the players OU's in on, you know, you don't want some of these guys. You want to keep your recruits and you want to keep Texas. I think it's important that Texas... You're worried about Vossick. Well, I just don't think... Well, I just I just think you can't... You don't want Texas to go 10-3 and three or 11-2 and two or something like that. I mean, and you've got... And you get to deal with... You get to deal with OSU at the end of the year. If, 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 if Texas loses and gets their third loss here, they've still got heavyweights down the road. I mean, they still got Kansas State. They still got TCU. They still got Baylor. And I know Baylor's not what they what they you know are, but I mean, they they could if they lose this game, they could have another five six lost season again. And, and maybe maybe you want Oklahoma State to be ranked higher too, coming into Norman later in the year. I never care. I never care about that kind of stuff, especially this year. But I just think I, I think it's a year to year type deal, and and and, I, and you know you can hate them both and hope that OSU loses every game after this. But I I just think that keeping Texas down is important right now. And, and okay. I, I was I was going to ask you something. I was going to ask you guys something. Now I'm I'm not. I watched Jackson uh, Arnold play last night, and the guy is a freak. yeah. What did you, you think? Oh man, I mean. You know, I mean, I, who knows? I mean, he's playing against a rival. He puts up 300 and whatever it was, 350 yards passing or whatever. And the dude looks like, to me, he looks like a big, a bigger Baker Mayfield is what it looks like to me. 
he ran the uh, ball really well too, yeah. which is a little oh, God, surprising. He had, what a seven, what a seventy-yard touchdown run or something. Well, and I think uh, one thing's pretty obvious early on here, assuming that uh, Jeff Lebby is going to be at Oklahoma for the next couple of years, while Jackson Arnold would hypothetically take over and be the starter for OU. He likes to run the quarterback, right? We've seen right, that right, with uh, Dylan right. Gabriel already at times. Uh, you know, wipe this from your memory, but uh, with Davis Bevel at times, they like to run the quarterback. So that's no, that's good to hear with Jackson Arnold. You knew that he had a little bit of that mobility, but just seeing it on I display didn't. like that last night is yeah, positive. He's a big dude. I mean, maybe it was just who he was playing against, but he's a good sized quarterback. I mean, I know he's not tall or anything, but he's a he's a He's a thick quarterback, you know. Um, but I thought it was funny when they were interviewing him on the sideline. There was a little girl in the background giving the horns down sign. Her mom's like slapping I saw her hands. You see that? <laughs> that was mom's awesome. Slapping her, slapping her hands, telling her to stop, and she just keeps on doing it, you know. Uh, but my question to you guys is, has there been – okay, so every time I hear them talk about Jackson Arnold, I hear them say, oh, he's – you know, his commitment's solid. His commitment's solid. Don't worry about it. It's as solid as a commitment can get. But you usually don't hear that. Usually if a guy's solid, you just kind of – I don't want to keep hearing about how solid – I mean, I want to – Yeah, I, they try, but the, is, the thing they, is people keep been, asking, True. P- people keep asking because of the way that this season started for Oklahoma. So I don't think it's that, hey, don't look over here. This commitment's solid. This commitment's solid. I think it's people keep asking, okay, well, what about Vosick? What about Arnold? Is, is this thing going to stay together? Right, because of the three losses that happened back to back to back. So I, I don't know. I have a totally different read on that. I hope so. I hope so because I hope there's not some smoke there. No, I, because I, I think that what people are saying is exactly right, man. I think he's all in on the crimson and cream right now. Now, look, yeah. I I feel this way just about anybody that's committed is. Yeah, well, that's true. Let's get to December, okay? <laughs> I mean, look, uh, I've I've been around covering college sports for a long enough time, just like the rest of you following it to where I'll believe it when the ink is, is dry, right? Or when the fax is in or whatever it looks like now in today's world of recruiting, once that early signing period goes by and Jackson Arnold has truly signed. Okay. Then, right. then I'm feeling good. Right. Until then, did you, until then I'm not feeling totally safe with anybody that's committed. Did you happen to see Levy coming on a helicopter? Uh, you like that? Lebby, Lebby oh. rolling in? <laughs> I, I heard it. I heard it, but I didn't see him actually. They showed it on – well, I mean, they showed it on ESPN too. You know, they, okay. showed, they showed him oh, – he landed in the parking lot. Never, I, I don't know who the other coaches were. There was three of them there. Uh, but, yeah, he just landed like he was, you know, a rock star or something. Air just, Sooner? Oh, yeah, and I was thinking, you know, that is – that's on ESPN too. That That's some pretty – I mean, you know, these recruits watching that, that's got to – I know other teams. Oklahoma's not the other team, the only team that does that. But I mean, that's got to be impressive to see your offensive coordinator landing in your parking lot of your of your football game to come see you play. You know. Oh no doubt. I mean, I'm it not. makes an impression. <laughs> show, sure. show, shows how important of a recruit and commit you are to OU as well. Well, and you're also looking at you're also looking at that other guy too, right? Which he had. What is his name? Uh, the guy that's committed to Notre Dame right now. Bowen. Bowen. He had. A, he yeah. He had a big game too. He had a he had a punt return. I mean, it was. You can definitely see why they would be after him also, for sure. <laughs> He's a man among boys also. Yeah, there's so. there's multiple targets that were playing in that game yeah. last night. It's not even just those two, but true. You hey, guys have a good day. Appreciate the phone right, call, buddy. See you, man. All right.
good first phone call to get us going. Yeah, what did you guys think last night watching Jackson Arnold? That obviously uh, was one of the big stories in Sooner Nation was just getting your first peek for a lot of fans at uh, at Arnold. So what it, what was everybody's impressions out there? I'll just say this on the we need Texas to lose front. Here was, uh, and keep in mind, uh, what was Texas' record last season, Connor? 7-5. No, it was or worse it was than that. 5-7. There you go. Okay. My bad. I switched it up. They were not bowl eligible. Okay. Pardon me. Th- they finished with the number five recruiting class last season, okay, when uh, they were 5-7, and seven, okay? What was uh, Texas's record in 2021? 5-7. and seven. Okay, well, they finished with the number 15 recruiting class. 2020, uh, the number 9 recruiting class. 2019 for Texas, the number 3 recruiting class. Two, you want me to keep keep doing this? Yeah. 2018, the number 3 it's a recruiting trend. class. 2017, they were all the way back at 25. No so. matter what the record is, Texas still recruits. And it shows to other recruits that, you know, if you're a big-time program like Texas and OU, sometimes it – the doesn't, records doesn't almost matter, don't doesn't totally matter what matter. your record is. Uh, agreed. You can still land recruits. I know, and and I'm guilty of this too, because when uh, Oklahoma was losing the three straight games, I said, "Oh no, is this at some point going to lead to a rash of see you later from uh, guys that are committed to Oklahoma?" And the the truth of the matter, a lot of times, is the records don't necessarily mean all that much. Now, the the Vosick factor and trying to keep Texas from being able to some, hey, things are looking up a lot better here in Austin than they are in Norman, Oklahoma. I get the trepidation there. I'm just here to tell you I don't know that it actually matters. Yeah, so. it's, just, it's just different for the Vosick kid because he's an Austin guy and he was there and witnessed Texas just <laughs> destroy OU 49 to nothing. But that being said, hey, listen, if you're rooting for Texas to lose this weekend, I don't think that's necessarily wrong either. I don't either. blame you. If you're rooting for Oklahoma State to lose, I don't think that's wrong either. I don't, you know, Whichever way your rooting interest lies in that game, take your pick. If you're rooting for a tie and both teams to not win, then, hey, that makes plenty of sense as well. Okay, we're due a break. It is the Plank Show on a Friday. We're just rolling along, baby, taking your phone calls, taking your text messages, and uh, obviously uh, we still got to – do the deep dive defensively. Let's break down some of the statistical numbers next. Right here, it's the Plank Show on the ref. Level of interest for you, Connor, out west this weekend. I know, obviously, we many of us had uh, great interest in watching Utah convert that two-point conversion and topple Caleb Williams, which Caleb Williams, a crying mess after that game. I know that that uh, brought much joy to many right here in Norman, Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City, out in Tulsa, the state of Oklahoma, and beyond. Sooner Nation unites. Then the post-game show with Lincoln Riley complaining about the refs. Iconic. After they gave you... (laughs) They gave you extra seconds toward the end of the game. So, we know that there was interest in that West Coast game, right? What about this West Coast game? UCLA at Oregon... Is that on your radar for watchability this weekend? Yeah. Um, UCLA has been really impressive, undefeated. Um, Oregon's looked really good ever since that loss to Georgia to start <laughs> Don't, off don't call it a Bo, loss to Georgia. It Bo, was yeah. more than a loss to Georgia. Beatdown. But Bo Nix has been much better since that game. He was getting a lot of crap in the first week for his performance against the 
Georgia Bulldogs, but he's been a lot better. I think that's going to be a really good game in Eugene uh, tomorrow. If, we'll, see, we'll see how legit UCLA If UCLA is. just walks out of there any kind of a winner, do you come away from the game and say, okay, that's a legit college football playoff contender? Or do you need to see more in part because of what Georgia did to open the season? Yeah, I may need to see more, see how they do against uh, USC later on in the year. But we'll also see how how good uh, Oregon is uh, this Saturday. But, yeah, I need to see a little more for UCLA, but it's still been a really impressive season for the Bruins to go undefeated in the stretch they have because they, they nearly lost to South Alabama. I don't know if you remember early on in the year. They probably should have lost to South Alabama. But they've, they've looked really efficient after that. Dorian Thompson-Robinson's playing easily his, his, his best tenth, football. In his 10th year at UCLA, it feels like he's been there forever. <laughs> well, he, he, was, he was a quarterback against Kyler Murray, right? No, I know, and that's what I was going to say is we're familiar because they played Oklahoma in back-to-back seasons. So it's like really does feel as though he has been there for eons. He's playing every- good football, though. <laughs> Every time uh, people hype him up, it seems like he starts playing bad, but then when no one talks about him, he just lights it up. It's so up and down. That has to worry you for this weekend, doesn't it? Because there are a lot of nice things being said. All right, I know I keep promising this uh, defensive deep dive. We have Lee Sterling, a Paramount Sports right around the corner, so probably the defensive deep dive is coming up top of next hour because, look, man, you guys call in. I'm, I'm, I'm taking your phone calls. It's just the way this program is going to work on a Friday. Riverwind, call in line 405-329-9000. Sean has hit us up. Sean, what's up, man? Good morning. Well, good morning, young Josh. Good morning. How's it going? I I'm doing well, and I, I, you know, you live with Joey numbers, and you're not doing better. And they roll ref pick them. I just, I don't know how that's. Possible. I have not been using my lifelines uh, efficiently. That's for certain. Because <laughs> jo- Joey numbers, man, he's breaking this stuff down. Uh, but anyway, uh, I got a question for you on. Uh, well, two things real quick. One, um, you guys are right and wrong on your recruiting deal it does not matter if texas wins in recruiting but because i know this is hard to believe but kids grow up texas fans and they're in one of the three biggest states in the union they are going to recruit well it does matter however if oklahoma wins ou's not pulling off a five and seven and getting a top 10 class that's not happening yeah no that's that's a fair point that's uh that's yeah, a fair point. UT, a handful of schools can do that, and it won't be that big a deal at the end of the mu- at the end of the uh, day. But uh, OU is, and OU's been lucky. We haven't been bad in the, you know, since two thousand. We haven't been average or irrelevant, so we don't know what the impact might be. But yeah, OU in that regard, there just aren't the bodies in this state to, uh, I think to. Uh, say that OU can do what UT does. It's amazing, but it, it happens. And, and more um, so than even just the, the Oklahoma angle to it, I mean, yes, generally speaking, Oklahoma, hey, win as many games as you can to keep the momentum, though uh, I, I do think there's a little bit to, at times maybe we put more on that than actually exists 
for some of these kids. That being said, with the Texas-Oklahoma State factor to it, I don't know that it directly impacts Oklahoma, no, what happens in that game. What Oklahoma does itself, okay, I'm with you. That that part I'll, I'll get on board a little bit with, but the result this weekend between those two, I don't know that that really that ultimately makes, impacts makes, Colton Vosick or anybody for OU. Nah, makes no difference. We don't rec- You generally don't recruit against OSU. And like I said, the head-to-head against UT, there's a lot of different factors that can go into that. But And I will say – on that regard, too, I have the answer to this for folks, if if you want to know. If you live in Texas and you're an Oklahoma fan, go ahead and get your guns up, root for the posse. If you live in Oklahoma and you have to live around these people who worry more about <laughs> OU than even OSU because they're obsessed with OU, then you can root for the horn if you want to. Um, oh, boy. It, yeah, it, <laughs> You're throwing up the text line, Sean. Well, I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, it's all geography, baby. If you got to live here and live amongst them, because I'm going to tell you right now, none of them were rooting for you two weeks ago in the Cotton Bowl. None of them. There aren't any I root for the state folks that wear the uh, uh, day glow orange and black. They were rooting for Texas that day. Promise you that. And they watch that game intently because the team they care the most about wears crimson and cream. But anyway, um, real quick, uh, too, on uh, on UCLA, and I thought you guys brought up a good point. Is that right? Was 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 he the QB in eighteen? Yeah. When when what? Golly! That, yeah, he's been, been he's been around. I knew he was there when they played him in nineteen, but man, he has been in college. He should be really smart. Yeah, he, he <laughs> maybe 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 nine. two maybe two degrees. He absolutely yeah, I, I he absolutely so. should be one of the smartest college football players. <laughs> I don't think there's any getting around that. Anyway, hey, thanks for the time, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, Good have day. a good weekend. Appreciate it. You guys can chime in too. You guys can chime in too. Would love to hear from all of you this morning. We still got a plenty of time. Two hours plus on this program. We got Lee Sterling coming up next. Plus, uh, we, we got a bunch from the text line we haven't even really completely dove into yet. I've got defensive statistics to uh, share with all of you. So we've got a busy morning ahead. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref Radio Network. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. He's breaking it all down with us next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Back with you. It is the Plank Show right here. Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday, a football Friday, and that means, guess what? Guess who? It's Lee Sterling in the house from Paramount Sports. Lee, we got plenty of time this week, so don't feel the need to rush around on any of these contests. But, man, we got a couple of huge games in the Big 12, which for you know Oklahoma fans from a viewership standpoint is just perfect, right? Get to kick back, and you're not worried about whether or not the Sooners are going to win this week. So that means you get to take in TCU, Kansas State, Texas at uh, Oklahoma State. And uh, it's going to be great. But, Lee, hey, man, welcome to the show. Appreciate you joining us, as always, on a Friday here. TCU favored by three versus the Kansas State Wildcats. Again, huge game in the Big 12. How do you see the Frogs and the Cats? So let's look at uh, TCU and their head coach, Sonny Dykes. Done a great job. Undefeated this year. In fact, at SMU, 2019, started 7-0. 2020, 5-0. 2021, 7-0, and then they lost, and then you never heard from him again. He's doing a great job. They are finally relevant again. 
But here's the problem. I think they have trouble against quarterbacks that can run the football. Uh, we saw last week Spencer Sanders uh, put up 68 yards and two touchdowns running. Adrian Martinez is a different level, almost 550 rushing yards this year. And I don't think the Wildcats are intimidated at all by TCU. They've won and covered five of the last six. They never trailed last year in the 31-12 to win. In fact, the Frogs not very good at home, 4-12 and against the spread as a home favorite. No comeback this week for TCU. Their dreams will be shattered. Wrong team favored, Kansas State outright 34-31. There you go, the Wildcats, big victory uh, right there over the Frogs. Texas, this uh, number maybe caught some people off guard a little bit. Favored by six on the road at Oklahoma State. How do you see the Horns and the Cowboys? Yes, shocking that it opened one and then just got bigger and bigger. It's at six, six and a half. And here might be a big key to this game, weather. They're calling, they're saying wind warnings. Um, It could play a big, big factor in this game. And if that's the case, probably want the better running quarterback. And that's Spencer Sanders, even though he's not 100%. So I think when yours is really good, but Texas has trouble with a hurry-up offense. And, uh... Their defensive backs just not making plays on the ball here. I think this game goes right down to the wire. In fact, uh, I think Oklahoma State wins this game outright 31-28. To the National Football League, the Dallas Cowboys, a bunch of folks around here, want to uh, know if the Cowboys can get back on the winning track. They're favored by six over the Detroit Lions. What do you think? Cowboys and yeah, Lions. I, so people think Matt Patricia's regime was failed, 5-17, and 17, in his final 22 games as a Lions head coach. But Dan Campbell, who's uh, somewhat popular, uh, or at least likable, his record as Detroit's coach is 4-17-1, and that includes 1-4 this year. I know they have DeAndre Swift back, but is he really that much of a difference maker when they lost to the Patriots before the bye 29 nothing here? I never thought Cooper Rush was the guy. I mean, he did a nice job, but they had to scale down the offense with Dak, they can push the ball down the field again with C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Ezekiel Elliott looked like his old self last week in the loss against Philly. And Tony Pollard, he's the home run hitter. The right team is favored. I like Dallas by two touchdowns, 38-24. And to get the game of the week, the Kansas City Chiefs favored by three, traveling over to take on the San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl rematch, and all of a sudden this one maybe just got a little more interesting with the Christian McCaffrey news. How can folks get your game of the week, Lee? Boy, this should be a fun game. Anyone wants to get involved, we'll give you this game for free. 800-400-9741. What a week it was last week. Another winning week. We hit our two biggest plays of the year with Air Force over UNLV and Buffalo over Kansas City. You can get involved. How about this? You want the NFL? Five games, $55. You want the Baker's Dozen? 13 games Saturday and Sunday, just $97. Or how about this promo item? The UFC starts at 9 a.m. Central Time on Saturday morning from Abu Dhabi. Seven selections, just $17. Everything's up and available. ParamountSports.com. Lee, appreciate your time. As always, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. You too, Chris. Take care. That is Lee Sterling, who... Okay, Chris. <laughs> I don't know. You, you know, I, I guess uh, I didn't welcome us back and say, hey, it's, it's Josh this week. Do you, no sound, do you sound like Chris Plank? I, I don't know. Maybe to some. Maybe to some that, uh, you know, you would think that 
maybe Lee would be able to differentiate between the two of us. But listen, my man Lee Sterling is going on a lot of radio programs, I'm sure. He definitely knows who hosts the show, though. I mean, so that part he does. Yes, good. yes. <laughs> oh man, we uh, we got one hour in the books. We got plenty still to delve into this morning. We've got uh, defensive statistics. I want to run down with Oklahoma. Connor got to see Jacoby Johnson in person last night, and uh, we got to hear from you, the people. It's the Plank Show on a Football Friday. Hour two is next.